Hello there. Pizza like to welcome you to Banter on Fespin. So uncivilized. Excuse me. Enjoy the show. And welcome everybody back to another week on Banter on Bespin, the Star Wars podcast that is everything you have ever dreamed of and more. My name is Andy and I'm with my wonderful co-host Josh. Josh, how are you doing this week, man? I'm good. Good, good. Well, with that out of the way, we have, I think, some news and notes. Uh, yeah, let this... me, uh, I'll go over the news this week, so uh, just to get started. Alrighty. That was it. That's all the news this week. Uh, yeah, I think from here we're going to start talking about Star Wars Visions, uh, Episode 6. So, Andy, what are your thoughts, initial responses, etc.? Well, first of all, that has got to be our quickest opening ever in the history of Banter on Bespin. But, uh, hey, people are here for the content, and uh, they probably don't care about our personal life. so there's that. Um, a lot but- of banter. Ah, we do like some banter. We might get some later. Uh, hint, 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 hint. Um, so yeah, episode six of Visions uh, was called Tobi One, and uh, I have to imagine uh, that was not an accident. It was a coincidence. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, that they didn't mean to do that. Uh, this was created by the studio called Science Saru. And uh, overall, I, I didn't think I would like this episode, but I really dug it. It's uh, not my favorite by any stretch of the means, but I thought it was a great time. Gave me uh, Mega Man vibes. <laughs> Actually, just I don't know if it was his design. I think it was his design. I don't. It was his know. design, his relationship with um, Master Matika. Sorry, uh-huh. Spoiler alert, Professor Matika, um, which <laughs> kind of reminded me of the Mega Man and Dr. Wily. Yeah, thing there. Um, but so we start off, and Professor Matika is this scientist on this pretty much barren planet. Uh, there is no life on it whatsoever that we know of. He's the only surviving human on it. And uh, he creates TOB1, which is this uh, droid boy. Uh, also, kind of Pinocchio vibes a little bit, too. Yeah, um, I could see that. But uh, he's a droid, um, and he creates all these other droids, but TOB-1 seems to be the only, like, really sentient, like, very human-like, just like his son type of droid. The rest of them just kind of beep, boop, bop, similar to our normal droids, like R2 or Yeah. Yeah. Whereas TOB-1 speaks like a real boy. Exactly. And uh, so TOB-1, we see him in his room, and did you notice the wall in his room, all the engravings on it and everything? Yeah, yeah, that was cool. It had a lot of cool Easter eggs. Uh, there was one of what it seemed like Obi-Wan and General Grievous, like, standing off against each other, because it mm-hmm. was a carving of, like, a guy with four lightsabers, and standing across from him was a guy with one. Yeah. Um, but, so, T.O.B. One dreams of being a Jedi and you can see that based on all the carvings on his wall. He talks mm-hmm. about being a Jedi and he brings it up to his uh, professor Matika yep. um, who is voiced by Kyle Chandler of Friday Night Lights fame. 
babe, if you're watching uh, or listening. <sighs> I bet $300 your wife is not listening. She'll have to listen to the first one first. But uh, <laughs> regardless, Kyle Chandler voices Professor Matika. Um, so again, continuing the trend of uh, decently named voice actors in this. So Professor Matika tells TOB1 that, uh, you know, man, if you're going to be a Jedi, you're going to have to have a lightsaber. Mm -hmm. And if you're going to have a lightsaber, you're going to have to have a kyber crystal. Yep. And he says, you can look everywhere. Just don't ever go in the basement. Yes. Just, you can Not look great. all over the planet. Just don't go out in the basement. So TOB1. Yes. So he goes out. And uh, with his, what's his droid's friend's name? Uh, like C-30 or something? Something like that, yeah. Yeah. Um, and so they go out and they just scourge this desolate planet looking for a kyber crystal everywhere he can. Mm -hmm. T-Obi-Wan comes back dejected. And uh, the droid says something and he's like, I can't go down in the basement. And then he's like, but that's the only place I haven't looked. So it looks like we're going down to the basement. They said to use the force, so the base must have been calling out to him because clearly that old man's lightsaber was down there. So there exactly. Was a crystal. So <clears throat> TLB one goes down in the basement and he finds a starship, which uh, I don't know the name of the class of it, but it is. It's the one that Luke was playing with in Episode Four. Mm -hmm. um, like he was playing with it before, like he went out to get the droids and everything. Yeah. Um, and so Toby one is like, Oh my goodness, a Jedi starship. And so he gets in and starts playing around, does what every kid should never do. And I think that's how we started this podcast was just by starting to press random buttons. Basically. Yeah. But uh, he pushes a button and he says, any surviving Jedi out there, this is a message in a beacon for you. And uh, so obviously that gets intercepted by the empire and they said, hey, we have this message from a surviving Jedi. Uh, let's go down there and take care of business. Yeah. And so Master Matika comes down and he says, uh, that's literally the worst thing that could have happened. Yes. So he starts using the force to create a hiding spot for TOB-1. And TOB-1 is like, Professor, you're a Jedi? And, uh, I just want to say, if I was Master Matika, uh, I'd be probably stabbing droid boy with my lightsaber and i'd be taken off in my ship because yeah. droid boy just ruined it the whole he did he did and uh professor matika says i am a jedi but uh thanks to you not for long here's yeah. my lightsaber um take care of it i'll uh, catch you on the flip side and so after a while tob1 comes out from his hiding spot and man this place is demolished it uh destroyed completely and he sees evidently the empire was nice and they buried professor matika under this pile of rocks or they just incinerated them to the point that you can't even see him anymore i mean well, yeah yeah probably probably the latter <laughs> um so tob1 realizes like oh he's dead hmm. <laughs> Yes, he did. He realized it at that very moment. He did. And so he realizes, like, you know what? 
since I F this up, I'm going to try to continue his legacy. And so he and the droids get together and they try to find this equation. You see them working Star Wars math and they try to find uh, life and create life like plants Mm -hmm. and rain. And uh, all of a sudden it works. It's great. And in the name of Ray Skywalker, this boy just he grabbed a lightsaber and somehow he knew what he was doing. Yeah, I don't know if it was the AI in him or which is kind of a cool part of it. I guess we can take a brief stop right here and talk about it. Mm-hmm. Is this like the first time? Obviously, these aren't like really canon, but right. is this the first time that like a droid has like had access to the force and be like force sensitive? I don't know that he's a droid. I think he's like, I think Master, uh, what's his name again? Matika. Matika. I think he like partially created life. Like, it's kind of how like Vader's Vader's alive still, but he's mostly machine. I think. I got you. I think I... Matika probably at, at least created like a brain or a soul somehow for for. That makes uh, sense. I didn't think about that, but that makes sense. Obi-Wan. I don't think he's all machine. There's, I don't think machines can wield the force. Because there's that scene where Toby one is talking to Professor Matika, and like he emerges in like this state, like as a human boy. Yeah. And then when he gets out of that state, he's back to like his droid form. Right. So yeah. maybe that was like the like his soul. Mm-hmm. like what like he actually is so no you're you're probably on to something with that that's probably correct um so the empire comes down and he's just referenced as excuse me the jedi killer yes um comes down and confronts tob1 and tob1 it's like hey you're the guy that killed my professor and i'm like eh. I mean, Again, yeah I, I really got like episode seven han solo just died Ray just snatches a lightsaber for like the second time ever and just takes it to Kylo Ren with no training whatsoever. I didn't think about that, but that's true. Yeah, T.O.B. one ignites his lightsaber and he's like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Yeah. All I know is you got to go because uh, you killed my master. Yeah. And so there's a not the best lightsaber fight we've seen in Star Wars Visions. Um, it's not bad. Uh, kind of reminded me of episode five's lightsaber fight between yeah. Luke and Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. Um, just very, uh, I guess, like mechanical and like yeah. choppy, if that makes sense. Um, so T.O.B. one ends up losing an arm in pure Star Wars fashion. And uh, he gets help with uh, his droid and he ends up defeating the Jedi killer. And so after that, Toby one realizes that, oh, well, I guess we should back up before the fight or during the fight. Um, he has he gets into a state where he's talking uh, to his master. Mm-hmm. And this is when he kind of appears in boy form. And yeah. uh, Master Matika officially knights him as a Jedi, which uh, was a pretty cool moment since he's always dreamed about being a Jedi. So. He becomes a Jedi, and then right after that, he defeats the Jedi Killer. And the end of the episode is him deciding with all the droids to take the starship that his master had and go out and uh, create life in other planets that are desolate and barren and continue his professor's legacy 
and make it his own. And we end the episode with TOB-1 and the rest of his droids zooming off into space. Yep. So overall, um, like I said, I liked it. Uh, thought it was pretty fun. It was one of the shorter episodes, so it didn't really have a lot of slow moments. Um, but overall, I gave it a 3.0 out of 5. Um, what were your thoughts on it, man? Uh, I really enjoyed it. Not like my favorite by any means, but um, it's no episode 3, I'll tell you that. That's for sure. Um, if I was given it a number, I'm, I'll probably go like 3.5. Like, it's not... <clears throat> quite up there with some of the high points from the series but like you said it's maybe 13 14 minutes long yeah really well paced you're pretty much action the whole time and i thought the characters were likable enough oh yeah um but like coming off of the ninth jedi to this one yeah it's a bit of a letdown yeah i don't think that's this episode's fault no bound to happen with some of these like you're going to have high points and low points yeah but yeah i thought it was uh just overall pretty cool um pretty easy watch um feel like if anyone out there has like younger kids they might like this one a little bit better because mm-hmm. he'll be one is more their age and he just kind of has like a toy look to him yeah. um so i know if i were a little kid this one probably i would have enjoyed this one better than any of the other ones really because it was not as deep as the other ones with some of yeah. the motifs and meanings. Uh, just pretty straightforward. So, yeah. All right, man. Well, it's a lot quicker this week. There wasn't a big pile of news, but I think we are ready to head into our ad break. We are. You fool. Why have you not visited General Grievous Garage on Utapau? <laughs> Open six days a week, I'm sure your lightsabers will make a fine addition to my collection. Working together, we can assure a bright future. A future where there are no Jedi. Come now or live to regret it as I wield great power. No one can stop me. Not even General Kenobi. Special thanks to Venture Investment for allowing this message back to the show. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. You just heard either an ad from General Grievous himself or a homeless Russian man. It's going to depend whether or not I can figure out how to edit his uh, his voice together here. So uh, we'll see which one you get. Um, but I, I think we're ready to dive into Episode 7 of Star Wars Visions, uh, The Elder. I'm pretty pumped to talk about this one. I don't know your thoughts completely, but... Uh, why don't you just give us a little plot synopsis and then we can discuss everything, Andy. Yeah, this was uh, episode seven, The Elder. Um, this was developed by Trigger Studios and they did one in the past. Um, I want to say they did either The Ninth Jedi or The Village Bride. Yep. I forget which one, but I remember seeing that name. Um, so this is... Uh, Master Tajin, Tajin, who is voiced uh, by none other than David Harbour. Um, you might know him from the Black Widow movie or probably more famously from Stranger Things. A little more important than uh, Friday Night Lights head coach. I, I would agree. I On would another agree. note, the elder voiced by James Hong 
That's uh, Master Ping from Kung Fu Panda. That's also Shifu from Mulan. Andy didn't seem to care about that, but he's wrong. I know our, our loyal listeners will, will love that information. Kung Fu Panda, how's it rated? I'm just kidding. We're not doing that. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Master Tajin is with his Padawan with one of the most original names I've ever heard, uh, Dan. Uh, shout out to Dan, if you're listening. Um, you're probably not, but uh, Dan, if you're listening, you know who you are. And as a soon, shout out as soon as, uh, as soon as Dan sees the Elder later on in the episode, he just looks at him and he says, well, shit. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much, as soon as he ignites those lightsabers, <laughs> that is uh, pretty much. Can you help us out today? <laughs> um, anyway, so this Master and Padawan uh, are on a mission. Um, they've been sent out to the Outer Rim to just kind of watch over it. Yep. And just, you know, just there's not much going on. To interject here, as soon as we cut to them, I get major like Qui-Gon Obi-Wan vibes. Yes, yes. I was thinking like right at the beginning of episode one. Mm-hmm where it's Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan having a dialogue there. Yeah. That was like the same exact dynamic. I also feel like, obviously, Dan is a black guy in this episode, and then uh, Tajin is an Asian man. But I feel like, other than their ethnicities, the layout of the characters, the way they look, was also similar to like Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan. Yes, Tajin kind of had the longer hair, mm-hmm. um, the beard... And Dan had pretty much Obi-Wan's exact haircut. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of Padawans kind of look similar with the Jedi braid mm-hmm. and everything. But, I mean, like same ages, more than likely. Um, yeah. But, no, I, I'm glad you pointed that out because I noticed that, too. Like, right when they started talking, I'm like, man, this is very much Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan vibes. Yeah. Um, so I'm glad that was in there because they're one of my favorite Padawan and Master duos. Wow, that's a hot um, take. <sighs> yeah, we don't get much of them, but I I just like their dynamic. Uh-huh. I just like their dynamic. Um, so uh, they go to a vil- village on, I believe the planet was called Hollow. Hollow? Okay. All right. So I'm pretty sure I couldn't get subtitles up on this episode for some reason. Uh-huh. So... Uh, it was called, um, I believe the planet was called Hollow. And on their way there, uh, Master Tajin um, felt like a great disturbance mm-hmm. in the force. And he said, it is a very, a very dark presence. And Dan asks if it was a Sith. Like, hey, is it maybe a Sith? And Tajin says, no, Sith have been extinct for hundreds of years. Yeah. So, so this it, takes place before episode one, basically. More than likely, yeah. No, I'm I'm reading it right now. Oh, it does. This takes place before. Oh, cool, cool. Okay, we got live updates from Sheets over here, so yeah. it does take place before episode one. Um, and so they go down on this planet, and uh, the villagers tell Tajin and Dan that um, there was an elder man that came here. And he kind of left them alone, but Mm -hmm. he went up into the mountains. And so Dan says, oh, could it be the Sith? Mm -hmm. And Tajin says, well, I don't really feel his presence, but he could be masking it. 
similar to how Palpatine masked his um, presence to the Jedi all throughout the prequels. Yeah. Um, so Tajin goes and looks for uh, this elder man's ship, and Dan goes and looks for the elder. And so Master Tajin finds the eldership and he's like, uh, this is probably really bad news um, mm -hmm. because it is just like the old Sith ships of old. I need to get a hold of Dan uh, because this probably isn't good. Cut to Dan who finds the elder and yep. uh, realizes uh, this isn't good. Yes, exactly what he said. Yep. And so the elder is kind of wearing like a robe um, with like a big hood on it. And he takes his robe off, and he's just like this old as dirt. Like, imagine Palpatine in Episode Nine, mm -hmm. just like just completely crippled old man. And uh, <clears throat> Dan asks him if he's a Sith, and he says, "The Sith have been extinct for hundreds of years because they were so consumed with their own power that they devoured each other." Mm -hmm. And so Dan says, "Oh, so you're not a Sith?" and he doesn't deny that he's not a Sith. And so and he pulls up. they hug and the episode's over. Exactly. Happy ending. He says, <laughs> no, I'm a Jedi. Let's go on. <laughs> um, so the Elder takes out these two uh, lightsabers, again, Katana style. Yeah. And they're, and they're red. Short. Yeah, very short. Kind of like Ahsoka Shoto. Yeah. Just like. Both of them. Yeah. Right. And um, this dude is just creepy. As I'll get out, just like his design and everything, the way he talks, uh -huh. you can hear his bones crack. He's like all hunched over. Yeah. Um, and so Elder and uh, Dan begin to face off, and the Elder just wipes out Dan just mm -hmm. like that. Like Dan is absolutely no match at all. The Elder just strikes Dan down and kills him, and you're like, oh. Well, that was... Well, he doesn't kill him. It's getting their sheets later on. It was going to be a surprise for the people, but... Ah. Ah, yeah, he doesn't kill him. You've you already think... watched the episode, people. Tell Andy he has no need to... Ah, yeah, that's minutes. right. I have no need. Um, so it turns out, yeah, he's just very badly wounded. And so Tajin uh, senses this, and so he rushes over to the Elder... Um, and this is a really cool uh, scene because it's raining out. And by the time Tajin gets to the elder, the elder is like meditating on this pile of rocks over mm -hmm. what you think is Dan's dead body. Yeah. So you're like, man, that's brutal. And so the elder takes out his lightsabers and it's the scene in the trailer where it's like the two blades, like right over his eyes, like the beady yellow eyes. And he's laughing and the elder and uh, Tajin, um, I about said Russell. That's weird. They had a lightsaber fight, and it looks like Tajin is about to die um, because he dispatches one of the elders' lightsaber. So with the elders' free hand, he has mm -hmm. force lightning, which I've never seen a force lightning user like block a lightsaber attack. You like as a defensive method. I've always seen them use their lightning against a lightsaber as like an offensive method, if that makes sense. I thought that the lightsaber was blocking the lightning. Am I wrong? It looked like um, Tajin like went to 
like strike him down and he like used his force lightning hand to like block I it. I thought it looked like he went to use his force lightning to shoot him down and then Tajin blocked it with his lights. I don't maybe I'm wrong. No, it, it could have been either way, but either way, it was up like super close to like all the action was like right up by their heads. Yeah. And out of nowhere you see a blue lightsaber just come flying by. Exactly. Exactly how it sounded like that. It did absolutely nothing. Yeah. And um Elder and Tajin turn around and look, Dan's not dead. Yeah, somehow Dan's not dead. Yeah, I don't know how. He definitely should have died, but he's Biggest, not dead. The only complaint I have with this episode is that Dan is not dead. Yeah, I I was like, how did he We're never getting these characters again. No, I and I really feel like Dan should be dead. Like this guy as powerful as he was, we saw him just like slice Dan with his lightsaber. Right. And, like, the elder was, like, meditating over Dan's body. Mm-hmm. So, like, was Dan would just, like... a sense if he was alive still. Yeah, you would think. Unless, like, it was just, like, his arrogance or whatever. But, again, we might be looking way too deep into this for yeah. an 18-episode short that we're never going to see any of these characters ever again. Yeah. So, with Dan's help, Tajin stabs the elder. And... The elder dies, and yeah. I thought this was really cool. Um, the elder like turns to Atch, yeah, that was when he cool. dies. So, yeah. how like a Jedi would just fade away and disappear. Mm-hmm. This elder um, just turns to Ash, and his ship blows up at the same time. Yes, he pushes this detonator. Yeah. Which- also kind of annoyed me because like we're never getting the follow-up to this and i really want to know what was in his ship i get it's artistic like direction but right because this dude is like he's got to be pushing like a thousand years old this elder who knows it i would say based on like how powerful he is how long he's been able to survive right and so the episode ends on, I really enjoyed this conversation between Tajin and Dan. And Dan is like, man, I'm, you took him out. I'm glad I was no match for him. And Tajin mm-hmm. said, you know, I, I would be no match for him if the elder was in his prime. Yeah. And this goes into a conversation about power and how, yeah, power is very important. And if you have power, you should protect people with it. But the way life goes that, power is um he said power is impermanent and so no matter how powerful you are like the elder mm-hmm. the power will always diminish over time um and that's what tajin said he said i didn't defeat the elder time defeated the elder yeah um and he says just like with me my power will diminish and you will take my place you will have a Padawan. Your power will diminish, and your Padawan will take your place. Um, so I really enjoyed that conversation because it kind of got not super deep, but a little deep, and I appreciate mm-hmm. it when Star Wars does that. Um, but overall, this is probably my third favorite episode so far. Um, I forget my ratings for yeah. my two favorites, and mm-hmm. so <laughs> it, my rating may not reflect it. But yeah. uh, as of right now, I would probably give this like. A 4.5 out of 5. Um, I just thought it was uh, really cool. Again, pretty short. Um, 
got little hints at like historical Sith lore, yeah. which I know we're not going to really dive into until the Acolyte. Right. Um, but I, I love me some historical Sith lore. Um, as we talked about earlier, the dynamic between Cajun and Dan really yeah. reminded me of Qui-Gon mm-hmm. and Obi-Wan. Um, and the kind of like twist ending of Dan not being dead. Yeah. Um, and uh, the fighting style of the Elder was mm-hmm. reminded me a lot of Palpatine Insidious. In that he doesn't do much. Yeah, like relies on like his speed for like an yeah. old guy, but like jab attacks, yeah. I guess, and like stabby, mm-hmm. um, and doesn't really have like a form, just very unorthodox. And like, if I were a Jedi, I would not like, I would rather face like off against Darth Maul, who I'm like, all right, I know what this guy's like, super athletic, and at least like does like orthodox strikes than this guy who just like wants to like jab and nick you at like mm-hmm. every angle. I feel like that would just be annoying. Yeah. But yeah, I thought this episode was a uh, pretty cool overall. Yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. I'm going to go 4.1 out of okay. 5. Uh it it was at a 5.0 until Dan survived. Really? Until really? Dan- that until Dan chucked his lightsaber at the Elder, this was my favorite episode. But, really? Yeah. That bugged you that much? It really did. Like, I mean, it's still over. It's still third favorite of my ranking so far. But yeah, the the Dan surviving really bothered me. I just thought it was it was like a really good story of a master avenging his Padawan, and like this, the Elder was probably one of my favorite characters so far. I really yeah. I really enjoy the whole Sith lore and everything. So, yeah, that's the only reason it's not my favorite episode oh. is Dan, the equivalent of like a 10 year old boy seeing his dad get in a fight and just uh, chucking a rock at the back of the guy's head is what that's that, true. That, yeah. that is true. A little cheap. A little I cheap. I will say the, the way that Tajin kills the elder with the like turning his lightsaber off and then just like I really I really think that's underutilized. I really like when that happens. I agree. I loved it when Kylo Ren did it in uh-huh. uh, The Last Jedi. Yeah. When like he catches rays and just, just yeah. like a quick on and off because uh-huh. like you said that's so like underutilized. Why wouldn't you do that? Like you, you're just going to stand there locked saber to saber for two minutes at a time. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. Or like if you're in like a standoff just Take it off, duck. Turn it yeah. back on while you're like sl- yeah. swiping. They have no idea. Yeah, it's great like technique. A, it's, it's if you don't utilize that, then it's just like a regular sword fight. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is good. But well, I think um, I I think we told you guys we were going to do uh, the rest of the episodes of visions but uh, we said we weren't sure yet we made no promises we that's right we always make sure not to promise on this yeah. uh on this podcast here because next week we will almost definitely do the final two episodes of star wars visions wrap that up uh, yeah but it was about uh 7 30 and i text sheets i said uh I've got an episode and a half left to go. And uh, he says, I've just watched two. I said, "Ah, let's just do that. In my defense, uh, he was at work earlier and he said, "Uh, I might have time to watch two. So, uh, yes, not on me. 
no, no, definitely on on me. <clears throat> so, anyways, we're done with Star Wars Visions. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. This podcast within a podcast called Sheets Comic Store. This week we're talking Captain Phasma, Volume One, and it's the only volume because it's a four issue miniseries. And my girl, who really needs more Phasma than about a hundred pages worth, which I got today. Hey, shout out to my niece Stella. Stella's definitely not listening to this. I don't know if she knows what a podcast is, but a Captain <laughs> Phasma is her favorite Star Wars character. I want you next time you see Stella, just walk up to her and say, uh, "Stella, you're wrong." You don't have to give her context as to why. Just she should be able to figure it out. All righty. Well, I'll still let her keep her Captain Phasma action figure. That's fair. She can have the. You can have an action figure of literally the most insignificant character. That's one of the best things about Star Wars. But That is cool. That is cool. So, all right, let's take so her away up, on Captain Phasma. We open up on Star Killer Base. Captain Phasma is trapped inside a trash compactor. Oh, so this is like... This is, yeah. This is in between Episode 7 and 8, right? I mean, it technically, it starts at the end of Episode 7. Yeah. Right. Okay, cool. Let's yeah. get this party rolling. So she escapes the trash compactor. She then goes to like some computers and realizes, oh crap, this base is exploding. So she uh, does some boopity boops. She's with another member of the First Order. Can't underestimate the boopity boops. She's typing and she's like, oh look, this guy, he's the one who gave him the access code to lower the shields. And in my mind, I don't really question this at the time because I didn't remember <clears throat> the scene from the movie that well. Like when Finn... Kind of captures her and everything. Yeah, yeah. This plays a major part later. So, um, the access code was Lieutenant Sol Rivas. Rivas. I don't know how you say his name. Okay. And Phasma is now like, we got to go capture this guy. He's the one responsible for Star Killer Base exploding. So she's like jumping over like holes in the ground as the planet starts to explode. She okay. out the corner of her eye, she sees Kylo Ren and Ray lightsaber dueling. Like it shows the a actual lightsaber fight a little bit, so that was cool. So I that is know. cool. She wasn't in the background of the movie, but have I have to go back. Log on to your Disney Plus, see if you yeah. can see a shiny <laughs> so, woman yeah. in the Let's background. Go slow mo, see if you see yeah. a glint, glint in the background or something. But yeah, they get off the planet. She doesn't contact anyone in the first order or anything. She straight away is like, "We got to go find this Rivas guy," because. Uh, He's the one that's making the planet explode and he should be killed. And then it's around this time I start realizing, like, hold on. She's definitely just putting the blame on someone else. And she has to carry out this whole plot to make it seem like she isn't the reason right. that the shields were lowered. So... They follow him to this, like, desolate planet is what it looks like. Basically, he ran out of gas and his, uh... His hyperdrive was not working, so he couldn't, oh, okay. he couldn't jump to light speed. So by the time they get there, they see his ship, but he's gone. So they start uh, searching. They come across this, like, civilization of people. And then these giant, like, Cthulhu-looking monsters okay. grab Phasma from out of the water, and she manages to escape them. And basically, she goes back to this village with the people. And she's looking around for Rivas, can't find him. They tell her, like, we think he went to the other side of the uh, the body of water there, past the Cthulhu-looking things. 
So Phasma manages to convince this entire civilization they should go to war with the Cthulhu-looking things. Uh, I mean, obviously she's just doing this so she can get to the other side and look obviously, obviously. And her little henchman there is kind of playing along, doing whatever Phasma says. So she should have recruited the uh, the Mothman. She should have. You're really. right from from uh, from Poe Dameron Volume yeah. One, if you don't yes. remember. So uh, the uh, the villagers start going to war. Phasma finds Rivis on the other side. She sees him. Rivis is like, I've never been so happy to uh, to see someone before. These people are savages. They have me like tied up. And Phasma's like, you know what you did. And he's like, I I don't. What did I do? And she's like, you know what you did. And uh, Phasma's Phasma's henchman is watching from like behind a rock, and she doesn't think Phasma. Phasma, like, sees her, hears her. Right. And Phasma, basically, she shoots Rivas in the head with her blaster. Oh. And then the henchman is, like, in her own little thought bubble. It basically says, like, I'm just going to walk away, pretend I didn't see or hear that. And uh, Phasma probably won't kill me if she never knows that I knew it happened. That is the best way to deal with situations like that, folks. <laughs> just say, yeah, sure. Yep. yep. No yeah. idea. So, uh. They then return to Phasma's ship. As Phasma lowers the ramp, she turns around and says, basically says, uh, I gotta tie up all the loose ends, I'm sorry. And pop, pop. I'm gonna tell you what. Phasma is a badass in this miniseries. If this was how she was treated in the movies, people would have gone bonkers for this character. Because she has some really cool fight scenes where she's just like dominating these Cthulhu-looking monsters. She like she just cold blooded shoots these people in the head just to protect herself. Like, does she still have that staff? No, at this point she just has a blaster. I okay. believe she gets the staff back at some other point. But okay, okay. So yeah, she shoots her little henchman in the head, hops back in her ship. She flies to uh, General Hux's ship. He's yeah. like, he's like, where you been? Uh, you're late. You're late to work. We thought you might be dead or something. And uh, she's like, "I'm downloading all the files from my journal now. You can hear what happened." Hux is like, "Can you just kind of tell me in short form?" And she was like, uh, "I was chasing the man responsible for the destruction of Star Killer Base. I managed to execute him. Sadly, I lost my companion on the way." Sadly. And then Hux kind of responds. He's like, I knew you were such a good servant to the First Order. There's no way you wouldn't return triumphantly. And that's oh where the comic ends. Man. What were you... Uh... So it didn't sound like there was like much there. It was four but... issues. It was only 100 pages. Right. It was clearly a way to try to flesh out the character because yeah. the movies hadn't. I was going to. It did a good job. It's yeah. just the problem is it's between episode seven and episode eight, and we don't get to see the badassery in either of those movies. So as as much as if I was just reading this comic, like no real context for what happens after, yeah. um, I would really enjoy it. But knowing what happens after, it's hard to kind of enjoy the the character development because it doesn't continue. I that makes sense. And considering 
the next time you see her in episode eight, she kind of gets Boba fetted. Yeah. Um, kind of, kind of goes out like a chump. Yeah. And like you said, it, it appears she never, in the movies, um, reaches her potential. Right. Um, which was my biggest issue. I don't know what your first thoughts were. I knew you said you weren't the biggest Star Wars fan until after episode seven mm-hmm. came out. Um, so I don't know if like you were looking up like news or like images really, or anything like that. Like, you don't, you didn't have to look up news to see Phasma because they plastered her on toys, on t-shirts right. and trailers. Right. And then you watch the movie and it's like, where's she at? Right, because when I first saw all the promo stuff for Phasma, mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't wait for this. I thought it was a guy at first. Can't right. wait for this guy. I, mean, I assume, like, you see all of the hype, and you assume, like, they realize that Boba Fett didn't get treated as well as he probably should have, and this is a way to rectify with a new really cool character sort of thing. Right, right. And, I mean, I agree with you. I thought she was really underutilized and mm-hmm. I mean the sequel that was one of my biggest gripes actually with the last Jedi like mm-hmm. you didn't have to kill her right like I I got understood the Snoke thing to a degree yeah didn't necessarily like it but I'm mm-hmm. like okay like I can that at least serves as like a plot device yeah that'll be useful. The the phasma death, I'm like there was no reason for that. Right. Cuz like you didn't really end up doing anything with Finn mm-hmm. anyway and like there wasn't enough of an arc there all you had was Finn leaving the first order and phasma not liking him. Yep. And that just took place in episode 7, episode 8 there wasn't much until mm-hmm. they got captured and then they just fought. Yeah. So I'm glad that there is a comic. I may check that one out. Um, yeah, it's a quick. It took 20 minutes. Yeah, to read the whole thing. So, but that is one character that I definitely uh, think should have been fleshed out way more, and yeah. that I do believe they dropped the ball on. Um, just taking a step back, like just trying to rate the comic for what it was, I'd probably say like a 3.4. Like yeah, it was, yeah, it was well written and it did flesh out the character it's just hard to care care yeah Yeah, hard to care well and it's like i believe the actress was Gwendolyn christie yeah she's in also in game of thrones yes so you have this pretty high profile actress Mm -hmm. who is a woman playing a role that traditionally a male would have played in I mean, I've never heard of like a female stormtrooper or like a female first order trooper before. Definitely not high ranking. Exactly. And it's, it's, I mean, her look is freaking great. Like the all chrome. Don't know if it's Beskar or not. Um, Probably not considering she goes out like a chump. Yeah. Um, And like you said, like, just feel like they didn't do anything with her. Like they had tons lined up for her and just like, ah. Now nah, we'll we'll make it into a comic later. Don't worry, yeah. we'll make it into a comic. So, 
Yeah. Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's episode of Sheets Comic Store, this podcast within a podcast. With that being said, now it's time to transition to another podcast within a podcast. It's time for How's It Rated? This week, Andy's asking me about... All right. So this week, this one might be controversial. Like, I think I know your answer on this one, but I don't know. And I... I was thinking about it and I came up with my own answer and uh-huh. like, I'm pretty sure I have a little more sufficient evidence for this than I do the, uh, the lightsaber <laughs> um, discussion. But uh-huh. again, I, you could just blow my doors off. I don't think uh, you'll change my mind like you okay. did. last. Um, so this week sheets, I want you to explain your position first and then, I'll give you mine because okay. I, I really don't know. You might agree with me, um, but you may not. Um, again, send all hate email to palps at sithlord at gmail.com. Um, so this week on How's It Rated? The Millennium Falcon. How's it rated? Overrated. Explain. I mean, it- it's a cool ship. It's in every single movie, but I feel like it's in every single movie just because it was like the first ship we saw. Just if you compare it just visually to hundreds of other ships in the Star Wars universe, there's nothing about it in my mind that makes it like immediately cooler than say like some of the Empire ships they use or I feel like they've done a good job of fleshing out the backstory of the ship in a way that makes it really cool. But just Yeah, like in Solo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But in my mind, viewing it as a vehicle in the Star Wars universe, why would I want the Millennium Falcon breaking down whatever when I could go grab something new off the lot? It'd be the, in my mind, it's the equivalent of, of grabbing like a, not very well taken care of 1990 Corvette when I have the option of getting a 2021 brand new off the lot. On the Civic? Yeah. It's like a 2002 Saturn? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not going to say there's no chance I could be swayed another way. So what are your thoughts on the Millennium Falcon? Well, there's definitely no chance you'll be swayed another way because I agree with <laughs> you, man. I, I was thinking about it and... I, I think it's totally overrated. Um, yeah. Not necessarily based on, uh, I I guess there's a little bit of disagreement. I do think the look of it is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, I just like. I think I, it's pretty cool. I just. Yeah. There are so many ships in Star Wars that are pretty cool. Yeah. And like when I was a kid, I always wanted the Millennium Falcon toy or the yeah. Millennium Falcon Lego set. Like you can keep your X-Wings and stuff. Like I want the Falcon. Um, but. The the thing I was really thinking about when I was thinking it was overrated is like, like you said, one, it, it's always broken down. Yeah. Like it is. And like, I know, like, it's the character of the ship. Like, I'm yeah. still glad there's the Millennium Falcon. But like, I'm glad we got the moment in episode seven where they like the, that piece of junk. Like, yes. I mean, that was a yeah. Pop, but yeah, there should. So hot take there should have been a moment in the trilogy where the falcon is just totaled 
you're talking about heartbreak. Like that's that would be right up there with killing Han Solo if you totaled the Falcon. Yeah, I remember there was a uh, there was a leak that was going around before Episode Nine came out, mm-hmm. and in it, um, I didn't really believe it. Yeah, um, because of like how it was happening, but I believe there would have been a moment where uh, Chewie was inside the Falcon. Mm-hmm. Like waiting on Ray and R two to like get in it, and it gets yeah. blown up. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, I was like, man, like that's going to be rough if they just yeah. blow up the Falcon like that. Like that, that right. would suck because, like you said, it's in every movie and it's become a character in of itself. Yeah, I don't think it would suck though. I feel like the Falcon is overused, especially by Episode Seven. To like, you're just okay. Let's just throw Lando back in the Falcon. He's fighting. Right. The, he's fighting Palpatine again. Right. I feel like it would be a lot more better served if you took it. At least if you're going to use it, like have it hit home because it's not. If it shows back up in another trilogy, that's yeah. yeah that's you know what I mean. Like if yeah. you're going to use it, then make use of it. Don't just have exactly. It. It's. By episode nine, it's no longer that fun to see it. Used no. Again, so. And like, I know they try to add some elements to it, like the um, in Solo, the whole L3 thing, like yeah. L3 is a part of the Falcon, which I did think was pretty cool. But mm-hmm. my main thing, I was like, every mission they did, like, it wasn't because of the Falcon that they succeeded. It was because of who was piloting it. Like, Han was a heck of a pilot. Well, a lot of the time, the mission became harder because of the Falcon. Like Exactly. How like, many times does the the gun go down or, like, the hyperdrive not work and it makes it take longer? Which obviously adds to the plot of the movies and makes right, it Right, right. Like, like, it we, adds suspense that we wouldn't otherwise get, but... with Without the Falcon, we would not have this podcast, folks, because they wouldn't have had to land on Vespa. <laughs> um. But no, I just I just thought I was like the the real power of the Falcon is like the people who are flying it, whether it be Ray, Han, or um, Chewie or Han, mm-hmm. Orlando. Like it, I was like it was always because of them, and they had to overcome the defects yeah. of the Millennium Falcon to actually do the mission and save the day. Right. Um. Because I was thinking, I was like. There's no way, like, yeah, the Falcon, like, blew up the second Death Star. Right. But, like, it's a, yeah, it's a freighter ship. It's a cargo ship. But, well, that was this week's How's It Rated, a podcast within a podcast sheet. Do you have anything else, man, for us? Man, I really don't. It's a bit of a shorter episode, but, uh. Our our listeners will probably appreciate that because this was quality content. I mean, it was straight was, to the point. Quality yeah. actually took notes this week. Tried to contribute. Exactly, Andy. Uh, he finally contributed, and it's like our shortest episode yet. Uh, Look so at that. That tells you that. what he did. The efficiency. The efficiency. <laughs> but all right, guys. Well, uh, that's it for this week, and we will see you next week on Banner on Bestman. We. Uh, Hope you guys have a great week, and uh, may the force be with you. May the force be with you.